Thank you. Oh, man. Okay. I, I'm uh, not ready, and I, like, I kind of like it in one way. Because this whole week, first of all, it's really hard doing this. Uh, who wants to take a turn? You can have a turn right now. Anyone want to come up here and do it? I'm sure there actually someone is. Sorry, you can't. Uh, but I've just been having the hardest time. I'm reading the scripture, and it's all about circumcision, this, and I'm like, I don't, what? And then I don't, I just have a hard week. And then there's parts of me where I'm just like, I want to make it good, kind of. Like, I want to make sense of it. And uh, I've just had a hard time preparing. Very difficult. And going, God, why aren't you speaking to me? I need your help, and you're not helping me, and I, I don't know what to do. And then he really encouraged me. I'll tell you what he did. <laughs> he told, I was reading through my Bible, and Mark 15, 15 showed up. And it was Pilate, I believe. It was Pilate. And it says, wanting to satisfy the crowd, he released Jesus to be crucified. Wanting to please the crowd, he, he sent Jesus to be crucified. And I was like, ah! I mean, that hit me so hard because it's like, I want to make you happy. I want to please you. And I'm like, why do I want to make you so happy? It's ridiculous. But this is my like sin nature of like, I want to please them. I want to satisfy them. I want to make sure they feel really good. And then I thought, man, I'm, I'm off here. I am not in the right mindset to do this. And, I, I, and God just, I want to satisfy the creator. I want to, <laughs> I want to please him with my life. I want my life to be an offering, not to you, but to him. A pleasing aroma to Christ, laying my life down for him. But I'm bending over, my flesh is bending over saying, well, I wanna, I wanna lay my life down for you guys. And then I thought of Galatians 1 where Paul says, if I was still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Yes, would not be a servant of Christ. Man, I wanna please people. I think you do too. I mean, that's why I hold my tongue so often out in the city. I wanna please them. I thought, no, I wanna please Christ. That's what I want today. I want us all to enter into worship. I want us all to enter into the word with this idea of I wanna lay my life, present it as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. This is it, my spiritual act of worship, to please you with my entire life, my thought life, my heart life, my action life, everything to please him. That's my prayer. We gotta pray this right now, because I need help, and we all need help. Pray with me. God, we are sorry that we want to please others more than we want to please you. I know I am. And I'm sorry that I so often think of people in things before I think of even you. I wanna just enter into your presence. I think of that psalm, enter in your presence with singing. I wanna leave here today knowing I've connected with the higher power, the God who created everything I see. I wanna connect with you. I want to leave this place knowing I presented my heart to you today. And you are pleased.
I mean, just when we connect with you, you it delights your heart. So let us all just uh, have the right perspective. We are wanting to uh, draw near to the throne of grace before the God of all the universe who created everything breathed, said, let there be light, and it exploded into light. This is who we draw near to. No one else want to draw near to you. Change us, transform us. Amen. Amen. Um, again, I was reading, and I thought oh, I could teach on this and that, and I thought, no. There's just, and it's not gonna be together here, but there's a verse that stuck out and it kept sticking out and it's what I'm gonna just talk on. And I don't know how we're gonna get here, but this is what it is. So we're going through Galatians, but the, the verse that kept popping out was verse seven. You were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion is not from him who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. Kept going, what in the world? You were running well, okay? I'm gonna need someone to uh, help me with an example in a second, I think. I don't know how it's gonna go, but I'm gonna need somebody. Uh, You were running well. Who cut in on you? Who hindered you? This persuasion is not from him who called you. Persuasion. Isn't it fun to talk people into things? Hey, Try this spicy pepper. I remember I had a habanero. I'm like, kids, just try one little thing. It's not that hot. You know, isn't that fun? A little sour pickle. Hey, try it. It ain't that bad. My wife persuaded me. I'm still upset about it, and it still has damaging effects on my life. I was 33, no, I was 33 years old. I was 33. She had me persuaded that I was 34. She's like, babe, no, you're 34 and I'm 35, it's awful. I was like, oh my gosh, it is. I can't believe I'm that old. I'm forgetting of my age. I'm 34, but I was 33, okay? And for like a year, I had this messed up. And knock, 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 census lady's at the door. Hey, census lady, hey. And she goes, well, you were born in 88, says you're 33, I'm like, hold up. I am not 33, fix those records, I'm 34. And she goes, honey, and I was like, what? She's like, you were born in 88, yes, and she did the math right in front of me, and I was, oh my gosh, I'm 33. (laughs) I'm 33, I got a year younger, it felt wonderful. I was like, oh my goodness. And then then I'm like, oh, my wife, she, And I go, Abby, guess what? You're not 35. She's like, what? Yeah, you're 34. Oh, I mean, I made her day. It's the greatest romance I could have done. But I was a bit mad, because I still don't know how old I am. I legit think I'm 34, but I don't know unless you ask Abby, uh, because she had me so persuaded. Persuasion, right? It's just a little bit off, whole year off there. But Charles Spurgeon, one of my greatest quotes, is it's not knowing right and wrong, it's knowing what's right and what's almost right. That's the hardest, what's almost right. I mean, the dawn of America, dawn of America, churches persuaded using scriptures like Ephesians 6, 5, slaves, obey your masters, but didn't read on that we're all slaves, excluded Exodus, 
where it says if you ever capture another human and sell them into slavery, you should kill that person. Yet we persuaded a country, my ancestors, saying that owning other humans was good. Persuasion can be deadly. I mean, it's just awful. I mean, you, you think of like, I think of guys like Hitler who persuaded a nation to kill Jews and then the church using Romans 13.1 submit to the authorities using scripture to persuade people to sin. Persuasion, this persuasion is not from him who calls. We're all persuaded. We don't even know it. That's the awful thing about persuasion. You oftentimes can't see it until God brings a prophet or, or, you know, shouts it out. Our culture has us persuaded in ways we don't even realize. And that scares me. I'm like, God, show me my unknown sin. Show me my thinking patterns that are incorrect to your gospel. Please show me my unknown sin. I have it. I have it in me. And we all do. And I think that's why Mark 13 says, when Jesus says, stay alert, be awake. People will come trying to deceive you. Stay awake, be alert. Persuasion. This is how the devil gets us, okay? It's through lies that hinder you from truth. This is not the truth, this is a lie. Who cut in on you? Who cut in on you? So, um, I wanna try something. Uh, I need a, a volunteer. Anyone volunteers? You just have to sit up here. You don't have to do anything. I haven't really thought this through, but I need somebody, come on. Okay, come on up here. Okay, so here's the deal. David Schultz is a marathon runner, okay? And was a marathon runner. He told me this story and I loved it. He was running and he had a little blister in his foot. And he kept running and kept running. And eventually he finished the marathon, but he bled through his entire shoe from a little blister, right? But he kept running and he finished the race. I thought, yo, David, you're almost as tough as me. And, um, and I was very impressed. But it made me think. Come on up here, Jazzy, we can sit right here. I just need to sit next to you. This is gonna be, yeah, give her a cheer. Just sit right here, right there. You don't even need to talk, okay? We're gonna, we're gonna see how this works. So we were running well. Who hindered you? Now, sadly, you're gonna hinder me, okay? So, it's, 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 so we're running, ha, 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 running this race, but we get tired, okay? Plenty of things that persuade us, okay? Oh, hey, you say, come sit down. Yeah, 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 right there, okay. Remember, you don't need to talk. I'll do most of the talking here. Okay, so, so then we're sitting here. And I'm like, yeah, oh, I got this blister. It hurts. Yeah, yeah, and look, this pebble. Oh, yeah, you got a, you got a blister too? Oh, man, you got a bunion? Oh, my gosh, it's huge. So we get all, we're talking, yeah, my bunion hurts too. And my blister hurts. It keeps growing. It keeps getting worse. And I don't know what to do with it. Yeah, I don't understand either. Yeah, thank you for not understanding. Uh, yeah, it's just awful. All this pain, all this frustration. Yeah, well, it's good that you stopped. It's good that you stopped. It's wise to stop when you're hurting. Yes, yeah, it's wise to stop when you're hurting. We can just pray about it. We can think about it. 
and we can talk about it more and more. And so then we go through all this, right? And we're talking about our problems this whole time. And then we keep talking and keep talking and keep praying and keep praying, and we've just stopped because of the little pebble, because of the little blister. And this is all we're talking about, right, Jazzy? We're just talking about our problems, and we just love to. Okay, you can go back. I might get you up here again, who knows? Yeah, go on back. But the whole point is, yeah, give her. But the whole point is this. We are looking at the pebble. Hey, look at this, come look at this. Oh, it's good that you stopped, you needed to rest. It's good that uh, you've done this because all the pain. And then we get so caught up in all the things going wrong that we just are sitting and talking about it rather than running the race. Well, it's good that you, you don't shine your light you can put it under a basket for a little bit because you need to rest, you need to figure this out. We need to figure out the problem before we move forward. We need to fix the boo-boo before you keep going. And Jesus is like, wait, in this life you will have many troubles. You will have, you will have a blister. Like you get them, but take heart, I have overcome. I mean, if David stopped running for a blister, he would regret it, I'm sure. He would be like, dang it, a blister took me out of the race. No, he kept running, he kept going. But we get caught up on these little things and this pebble in my shoe. And we gotta figure this out before I keep running the race. And it doesn't make sense, yeah, it doesn't make sense. And then when people wanna do stuff like, oh, I wanna, I wanna go, we're going to Pakistan, right? What if someone's like, I wanna to move to Pakistan. I wanna, I wanna go share the gospel with people who don't know Jesus. Man, that's gonna make your bunion grow, you know? It's like, oh, that's gonna hurt your blister. Well, it's like ridiculous. We gotta encourage, it's like we kill faith before it even begins. I wanna sell my house and, and get a job that pays less so that I can have more time to serve the church and less stress. Whoa, 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 that's not wise. Let's talk about that. Let's pray about that. Are you sure you should do that? I mean, it's, it's crazy what radical is these days versus not. I'm gonna get up social media. That's weird. Well, that's weird. You'll, dis, you'll be disconnected from the world. You better not do that. I mean... I tell people I go to a monthly prayer meeting and they're like, what? And they're claiming to be Christians and they're like, you go to church on another day and you pray with other people? That's weird. I go to church on Sunday sometimes. Like where are we at? Running well, but caught up on the blisters. But I don't think it's typically the things that get us caught up. Again, let's stay with the scripture, it's persuasion. And what is persuasion? I think it's the who's who. I mean, who's that guy who writes, who is the who? Who, who, who? <laughs> Dr. Seuss, I think it's Dr. Seuss style. Uh, I'm gonna just stick with the three big who's, okay? Big three who's from Whoville. The first who is the devil. The second who is the world. And the her third you, sorry, making noise, the third you is the flesh. Another way of saying it is the devil, people, and yourself. These are the who's that step in and cut you off from running well. And it goes in all kinds of ways. I mean, the devil, the greatest 
maybe one of the greatest who's who cut in with persuasive words. I mean, it says he's the father of lies in John 8, 44. Most lies are he's the father of, right? I mean, what was the first persuasion you can think of that the devil did? Goes all the way back to Genesis. Talking to Eve as a cunning, crafty serpent. Oh, Eve, can you really not eat of this tree or any of the trees? Well, no, 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 she says. You can eat of all the trees, but this one tree you can't eat of or touch gets it a little off, you know. She added there because you could touch it. But that persuasive devil, what does he go? You know why? You will not die. You surely won't die if you eat of this tree. You won't die. It's going to be good. Actually, the reason God doesn't want you to eat of it is because you'll be like him. You know what will happen? Your eyes will finally be opened. You'll see things you never thought you'd see before. You will know good and evil. It's really going to be great. You just have to have a bite. He's keeping something from you. If you follow him, he's going to keep something from you. This persuasive lie that grabbed a hold of her. And then what does she do? Hey, Eve, this would be my next point, how then we can persuade others as well. But the first persuasion to fall into sin, the devil's all about it. The devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Every little faith you have, he's going to fly down fire to try to burn it out. He's going to sow doubt and doubt and more doubt. But it comes in such persuasive ways like, oh, this is the word of God. But there's no way this can all be true. How did penguins get to the ark? You know, no way. I mean, Jesus is good, but let's just leave this over here because it can't all be true, so I'll follow Jesus and I'll leave that behind. I mean, it comes in the most persuasive ways. You better not tell anybody that sin. You better not tell anybody about your past there because it's gonna push them away and they're gonna be gone. It comes in subtle ways. You can never change. You've always been this way. You can never change. Subtle lies. You have a glimmer of hope. God, you can rescue me. God, you can do something. No, he can't. You tried last week. You thought God was doing something last week. He won't. It's persuasive. It's subtle. The devil seldom attacks you brutally, but it's quiet. And it's in the mind. And it's slow over time. The devil is the father of lies, and he exists. And he's persuading our culture, which is also persuading us, and that moves us on to people. The people around you are persuading you. You know what's devastating, just like my wife who persuaded me, <laughs> luckily in a light thing. The people persuading us typically are the ones closest to us. I, I was on a train in some sort of station and this was, this was awful, but we were on a train, and there's hundreds of people on this thing, and we're going to go to the flights, and everyone's stressed out, and there's another train on the other side, and I go like, guys, maybe we're supposed to be over there, and they're like, maybe, and then some, some guy was like, well, are we going to do it? I was like, I don't know. 
sure. And so then I go over there, and all of the train comes, and I see hundreds of people coming. I'm like, everyone is following me. What is going on? And I get in the other train, and then some big old boy was like, this better be the right one, because if I miss my flight, we're going to have a problem. I'm like, oh my gosh. I was like, I hope it is too. But then the other one starts beeping, and we're like, oh my gosh. So then we all run to the other one. And it was hilarious, and we all made it. I wanted to push that one guy out just, just to be sinful, but I didn't. And we went to the other train, and it goes. And I think, isn't that it? Right? We, we feel like, I'm on the right direction. I'm on the right direction. I'm running well. I'm running well. I'm on the right path. But then, wait, but what about that other train? Maybe that's really the right way, and that's probably going to get us there. Our people that are closest to us persuade us the most, oftentimes. I mean, it's like you're running well. Oh, man, she, I better go talk to her. You know what I mean? You're running well. Oh, I better go talk to him. He's good looking. And then it goes about, I mean, it's subtle, guys. Hey, 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 we can, you know, we, we can sleep together. It doesn't matter. God's grace is sufficient. We don't need to be married. We're married in our hearts not trying to call anybody out, but the the reality is that's what, like, Scripture points to. Hey, hey, it's okay. No big deal. It's just a little fun. It's it's all over. It's kids. What do kids want? I want, I want, shut it. I mean, that's how I feel so often. Sorry, I have three kids. See, that just came out. Sin nature. Flesh. That's the next point, the flesh. Um, Kids, I want, I want, I want. Okay, fine. We get them into all these activities. Every night of the week, I'm busy. I'm busy. Kids stuff. All those activities cost money. Every thought is my kids. I mean, what, what, what is, what's the biggest thing in your life? What is the biggest thing in your life? What do you think about devote things to, spend money on, spend time on? Devotion, devotion, devotion. I mean, I bet you guarantee if you ask your kids, what's the biggest thing in my life? What would they say? Oh, it's, it's Jesus, Daddy. Or would they say, oh, it's me. I'm the biggest thing in your life. Thanks, Mom and Dad. You've made me the biggest. You really care about me. So now we've structured our whole life around children. We bring them into our lives, but really we bend our lives around them, and our whole structure changes to what they want, and we are an addition to their life rather than them being an addition to ours. And then... What's the biggest thing in my life? Oh, it's your job, Dad. It's me, Mom. It's money. What's the biggest thing in your life? Go ask your kid. They'll be honest. Persuasion comes from the person next to you. And we can persuade in good ways and bad ways. Paul says that. And so um, I think it can come here or there. I mean, last week, I know Mike talked about Abraham and Sarah. 24 years, babyless. And in that 24 years, when they're like 100 and old and nasty, no, not nasty, just old, um, um, you, what happened? His, Sarah's like, hey, Hagar, she can bear children. Let's try it out. And because of his doubt, the sowing of doubt over time, and then the persuasion and talking it in from Sarah, sure, let's try it that way. 
rather than trusting. Persuasion maybe comes from yourself. It might come directly from the source, you. And this is tricky because we all have flesh, right? I wanted to come and make you all happy. I mean, it it pulls in every sort of way. And I think we need to be careful of it. Where we think, well, I need to build my life. Like, I, I will serve Christ. I do love Jesus, but I have to build my life. I gotta build my career. I gotta pursue happiness. I gotta have the house and the family. Like, I gotta get all of that. And then if I get all of that, then I'll be like the cherry on top. Jesus, guess what? You really did a great job. Thank you. And so we, we run after things. I mean, we're taught continually in our culture. Do you. Do you. Do what's best for you. If ever anyone gets in the way, just cut them out. Um, get, get rid of them. Go after what you want. Go after your dreams. And then we forget Proverbs. Dreams cost much busyness. You can get your dreams, but you'll have a busy life. And it's, oh, go after your dreams. You need to go after what makes you feel good. You, you, you. I mean, it's the persuasion at the very start where the devil says, hey, hey, you can, if you eat this, you'll become just like him and your eyes will be open. Man, you just gotta taste it. Just do it. It's gonna be good then we miss out. I mean, I read Philippians just a couple days ago, and I thought, man. And it was, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourself. Count others more significant than yourself. Woo! What? Hold on. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but to the interests of Others? I mean, count others more significant than yourself? I mean, what does our culture say? Does it say, man, you should do that? No. So I think the lie and persuasion of our flesh comes in. Become great. You should become great. Become great. No. Become surrendered. Like, give your life. Cry out, well, moan for him to save your soul because if you are pursuing your success and pursuing happiness and pursuing the dream, it will end devastatingly. And if you find it, man, it's almost the worst thing. If you find your dream and are happy, you are doomed forever. It's, it's, it's turn and repent. And this is where he then goes on and says, A little yeast can leaven the whole lump. A little yeast can leaven the whole lump. Um, I just, I guess I have to make a point to Galatians, because I haven't. (laughs) The Galatian church was wanting to follow a bit of the Judaism ceremonial laws to get circumcised sacrifices, things of that nature, but then still claim to be Christian. So they wanted to say, well, we, we, we can save ourselves if we follow these ceremonial laws, but hey, I wanna still be Christian. And so they followed that, they wanted to balance two religions, and I think there's a religion in American, 
Americanism. I don't want to get into that. But I think there's an Americanism where, oh, you can, you can be American and pursue happiness and pursue all these things, but then I'm going to claim Christianity. I'm Christian. I'm Christian. And then we just, nothing is related to God. Oh, I'll, I'll go to church on Sundays, and I'll sometimes read this, but I'm not actually going to do what it says. I'm not going to lay my life down for others like Christ laid his life down for you. I'm not going to lay my life down and, and think of others more significant than myself. That's ridiculous. So we want to claim Christianity, but then follow the way of the world, which is a religion in itself. You think you can be a good American Christian? No, it's not about being a good American Christian. It's about surrender to Christ, and only through faith in Jesus Christ will you be saved, not through any means of what you have done. And so it's just radical where a little yeast can ruin the whole thing. And Paul's saying that. You can't say, I can save myself, but then when I need Jesus, I can, I can claim to be Christian. My wife got in a wreck just the other day, two weeks ago from the day. Uh, and the first responders showed up. You know, they were pretty tough. They, they were like, and I was like, man, I am so thankful for you. You are just... Actually, I didn't say that, but I was thinking that. I was like, man, this is just so great. You blocked off traffic, you saved the day. Superhero firefighter man. He had a great mustache. That's what I remember of him. And I was like, dude, great job, thank you. And he's like, well, it's just metal and plastic. No one got hurt, that's great. I'm like, yeah, thanks. Now, if that great mustache man followed me home, whoa, no, 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 go back to the fire station, please. You're not going to come sit on the couch with me. Don't really want to hang out with you. But when I need you, please show up. When I need you, please show up. So we're like a person with a box of matches. Fire, fire, fire. Fire, fire, fire. Ha! I'm surrounded by fire. Oh, Jesus. First responder. Come put out the fire. Oh, thank you. You got a great mustache, Jesus. Okay. Go back to your little place. Fire, 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 fire. Ah, Jesus goes over. I mean, I love singing Britney Spears, but oops, I did it again. I mean, we're just fire, fire. And I'm just, what are we doing? Treating the savior of the world as like a first responder, save us when we want it. And then we think, it's not did you call to me? It's did you know me? When you stand before God, it's not, oh, good job calling to me when you needed me. No, it's, I never knew you. Do you know him? Do you love him? Is he a part of your life? Do you know the savior of the universe as a, a, a real person that has changed your whole being and he's wonderful and beautiful and worth worship and worth adoring and worth dying for. Like that's who it is. You'll die for your kids. Why would you never die for Christ? It's just ridiculous where we are at. We use him as a fire extinguisher rather than a, a savior and a, like a lover in a sense. You know, where are we? Where are we? A little leaven leavens the whole lump. You think he's putting out little fires, and then you think when you stand before him, you can be like, hey, can you put out the eternal fire? Too late. Too late. You must know him. I want to know him more. 
We gotta know him and the power of his resurrection, the fellowship with him in his suffering. So I, I've had a hard time because this chapter, the response portion is later, it's next week. Mike's gonna kill it. It's about the spirit and freedom. So I don't really have that part, but so good. But how do, we, how do we go forward? Persuasion by the devil, people around you, and yourself. What do we do? Well, verse 1, it says, for freedom, Christ has set us free. Galatians 5.1, for freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. Again, he's talking to these people who are wanting to submit again to the yoke of legalistic ceremonial practices. Now, you better get circumcised if you want to get saved. You better do the sacrifices. Now, what, we're, what I'm wanting to point out is this is a chosen verse that you can choose. For freedom, Christ has set us free. You can step into this reality where you can abide in Christ. You can draw near to the throne of grace. You can go to him in prayer. There's no like real magic here. But the whole point is talking back. I want you to be, man, teenagers, teach us how you talk back to your parents. Halalala. It's fantastic. Not that. Don't take, don't, let me rephrase that. Um, teenagers, don't talk back to your parents. I'm playing. But we should do that to the devil. We should do that to the people and the culture. We should do that to ourselves where we talk back. Remember the devil tempting Jesus? Oh, take some bread. I do not live by bread alone, he quotes scripture. Hey, if you bow down, I'll make them all bow down. Love the Lord your God, bow only to him. You right? He uses scripture, he talks back. So when you get these things, we must talk back to the lies with truth. And not only that, we, I think there's this reality that we're called to um, just pursue Christ together. And later on, he talks about that in Galatians. And I think there's a truth here that if you're radically honest with one another, you can start to see radical results. I've been saying this for a while because it's been on my mind. Radical honesty can produce radical results. And coming together and being just radically honest of like, I'm far from God. I've let these things cut in on me. I need you to pray for me. I need your help. I need help for freedom. Christ has set us free. I need help for this freedom. I've submitted again to the yoke of slavery. I need help. I think this is our response. But even more than that, I think the response is, is like the Holy Spirit filling us. I mean, that's what the next verses are about walking by the Spirit. So if I had an invitation today, I guess it would be this idea of, of laying down the desires to not only please those around you and please yourself, but to want to please him. And not only that, but to say, I want to be radically honest with those around me. Like if you will not be honest with the person next to you radically, it's crazy that you would be, you'd be honest to God. But I think sometimes we're honest to God, like Bonhoeffer says, just to get off um, to feel no more guilt, right? Oh God, forgive me, oh God, forgive me. And then we can just feel happy. But wait, 
You'll confess it to God, but not confess it to brothers and sisters in Christ. So I guess I want us to just be brutally honest with where we're at and having people pray for us and seek God's word because we have lies we don't even know and we just need to be, well, the ones we do know, we just need to tell people. I mean, I would love that. Community group, people just tell one another. Um, so, band, we need to come up. I don't have a great ending here, but what I do have is I want us to like, just step in. I want us to admit, like raise our hands, don't actually do that, but like be willing to raise our hand and be like, I believe lies. I, I've let the devil's lies cut in on me. I've let people cut in on me. I've even cut in myself. You know how I talk to my wife? You know how I talk to my spouse? You know how I talk to my kids? It's just horrific. Just venom spits out. You know, that, maybe that's where you're at. You know, the things I've been watching, it's just, I don't want it anymore. The things I've been doing, I don't want to do those things anymore. I've been thinking this about this person, and I just hate them. It's raising your hand and saying, I need help. I need you to pray for me. I need the Holy Spirit to fill me. So maybe this week, you go to community group, meet with someone for lunch. Maybe that could be your due diligence is to tell them where you need the Spirit of God to help you. I mean, that would be so great. Um, okay, I wanna pray. Can we stand up? I just, this is the most important. I feel like... It's just to receive the Holy Spirit. Um, my words won't save you. Um, only Christ can save you. And words can only hopefully point you to the Holy Spirit who can transform you. I know so many of you are tired of where life is and so many of you are tired of where you're at. And honestly, you feel conviction that you've allowed so many things to cut in and persuade you from the truth, and you know it. You've been looking at the blister, you've been looking at the pebble, you've been following the person next to you rather than saying, I'm gonna follow Christ. You've been following your desires more than saying, I just wanna follow every desire you have, Christ. So, I mean, open your hearts. I'm gonna pray for the, the Holy Spirit to just uh, reach us. Holy Spirit, we do ask that you would just come and affect every heart. <coughs> that we don't want to satisfy ourselves or the people around us, satisfy the crowd, satisfy the world. We want to satisfy you. We want to lay our lives down as a pleasing offering to you. We are yours and no one else's. So, God, as you move, Holy Spirit, I just pray, let us have a heart of complete surrender of, of I will do anything. I will sell anything. I will change my schedule. I will do anything that you want. I just, I want to stand on grace 
And so God, as people go out today, let them stand on your work, Jesus, which you did on the cross, the grace that you won from us, won for us, that we can stand on grace, and you are pleased because we stand knowing the Savior. God, you are pleased because we stand knowing the Savior, not trying to earn it. So God, just do work. I don't even know. I just want people to be changed, and I want to be changed. I don't even know how to put it into words. Just change us. Just transform us. Just completely move us from one thing to, to just your thing. Just do it right now, Holy Spirit. That's my prayer. Amen.